You can hear it in the empty theaters, in the empty stadiums. Hope is setting the stage for a comeback. When life's victories will be sweeter, we'll celebrate how far we've come and learn that all we did, we did for each other. Spread hope, not COVID. Michigan.gov slash coronavirus. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Detroit Mercy is definitely helping me past my graduation. I can already tell now that I'll be better set up for the workforce because I came to Detroit Mercy. This is a university unlike any other university. You will find out a lot about yourself and your career that you're going into. They're just willing to help you become a better overall student. We have amazing teachers and really do tell you what it's like post-undergrad. This is the place to be. Detroit Mercy, build a boundless future. Uh, we are joined now by uh, Helena St. James, who has covered the Detroit Red Wings uh, since 1996. So basically, uh, she's the good luck charm as far as the Red Wings Stanley Cup runs because they didn't win squat until she started covering the team. Uh, she has a book out called The Big 50, uh, which uh, talks about one of the 50 great things about the Detroit Red Wings, and maybe a few that aren't so great. How you doing, Helena? Very well, and thank you for that introduction. Well, it's true, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving you the facts, right? I'm not going to dispute anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, the book, and I know I, I saw, ex, I read excerpts uh, in, in, the, in the free press, uh, the Steve Eiserman stuff, the, the trade, uh, and, you know, the trade rumors. I remember, obviously, doing what I do, doing it back then, the rumors back in 95, 96 of what's going to happen and, you know, what was the guy's name from Ottawa? Oh, uh, Stan Nektash. Oh, they're going to, he's this really good young defenseman they're going to trade Eiserman for. Uh, you talk about that in the book. And what I didn't realize till reading the book that Eiserman was really pissed. Yeah, you know, that's, that, I was surprised when I came across that too. That was before I came in. And, you know, we certainly all heard the rumors uh, when Scotty came in and such. But for him to, you know, say the things he did about, I expect to be treated like an adult and even say, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a trade. I, I think people don't realize just how angry uh, he really was, you know, and, and like I write, you know, it, it just seems inconceivable. Uh, it was one thing that he went on to, to manage another team for a while, but for him to ever play in another uniform, um, I don't think anybody can picture it, you know, but as it turned out, I don't, you know, as Jimmy D says, I mean, Illich, Mike Illich nixed any trade, but it, it was enough that, that it certainly very much upset Steve. When you were writing this book, and I know that a lot of this, the information was compiled over the number of years that you've covered the team, but was there anything that you found that you just, it just blew your mind in regards to, I had no idea that this conversation happened or that this detail was a part of, of Red Wing history? Probably, you know, writing the, the Terry Sawchuck chapter, I didn't realize how sad of a story he was. Um, I certainly, you know, was aware of, of some of the, you know, the, the general gist of it, but just, you know, how, how young he was when he died and just, you know, his struggles with, with uh, substance abuse and um, and just, you know, the, the, just in general, the life he led, uh, that, that was a, a sad chapter to write, probably the saddest chapter to write, although, I you know, I, I was there for every day of it, was the one on the, the limousine accident, um, but yeah, you know some of the even even how um, I, I really there's a there's a side chapter in there on Marguerite Norris and just how really remarkable it was. She was in her mid twenties when she took over running the team after 
her father died, and she really held Jack Adams at bay. And then as soon as she was pushed out, uh, he dismantled the team. And I know it certainly rankled Gordy Howe for many years because they all thought they could have had, you know, three or four more Stanley Cups. But uh, so it, it was interesting to me to do a lot of the research on the 50s and 60s uh, and just uh, how it, different everything was back then. You know, I mean, they all the players had, had summer jobs because they made, mm-hmm. you know, a pittance compared to what players make today. How how interesting or uh, bad was the, the the dead thing era? Oh, it it was horrible, and and it just kept going on, and it was just one mismanagement, one you know not great trade, one coach who wasn't up to the job after another. I mean, they really just you know went from such glorious years of of being so dominant to then just being you know. Uh, what that complete joke? I mean, it was, I think, you know, something most people uh, prefer to to forget. And you know, it really wasn't until Mike Illich bought the team in 1982 that you saw the fortune. You know, that that the team has started to get back on the right track. We're joined by Helena St. James of the Detroit Free Press. The book out: uh, Detroit Red Wings, the Big Fifty. You can get it. Amazon.com and wherever uh, books are bought these days. I found it interesting. There's a, a little chapter about uh, Pavel Bure. Uh, and in my recollection, uh, not only did they have a chance to draft him, and I, I want you to get into that as well, but there was always a little, there was also, I don't know if it's even in there because I haven't gotten uh, to reading about that, a little jealousy between Pavel and Sergey over uh, Ms. Kornikova, correct? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I think they managed to uh, cover so much of that up. Uh, there certainly <laughs> seemed to be something something going on there for a while, and she certainly, you know, was uh, um, drew a lot of attention uh, when she was around for the for the cups in the late '90s. Uh, very young at the time, um, so you know they've they've I think they've wanted. I, I know Sergey. I mean, the whole marriage to her. I think she's. I don't know if she's ever come around to admitting it. I think they denied it for a while. He certainly, he told me they certainly were, um, you know, but I think the, the, the important thing in that chapter is, um, I mean, you think it's already a phenomenal draft for the wings mm-hmm. with Lidstrom, Fedorov, and Konstantinov. Imagine if they had also, you know, managed to get Pavel Puri. I mean, they probably would have won, you know, the, the Stanley Cup six, seven years running. Now, what happened? They wanted to get him, but for some reason the league said you have too many Russians, or what, what was the deal with that? No, it was it was, be- it was because of the number of games he had played, and, you know, this was right when, I mean, drafting Russians was still very iffy, which is why those guys went so late, um, because of the Iron Curtain, and, you know, are you wasting a pick on a guy you'll never see? So it was all, it was basically a lot of red tape, um, and unfortunately the Wings uh, they, you know, I, I think there was some miscommunication in there. Christopher uh, Rockstrom, one of the um, uh, the scout responsible for Nicholas Lidstrom, tried tried to really push them on Power and say, just draft him, just draft him. And there was some uncertainty over whether they could, uh, which round he had to be picked by, and such. So um, put part of it, I think, maybe on on the NHL at the time for not making that clearer, but. Yeah, unfortunately, um, they lost, they lost that uh, red tape battle. I know when you cover a team, you get to know these players and what's going on in their lives, and, and you've covered them since 96. What, in, in, in your time, 
What's been the happiest moment you've seen from a player or from a team that that you just thought that just made you smile and you just thought that was just a, a, a great moment? Probably seeing them win the cup in, in 97, just even though I was still relatively new then, you know, I, I knew how long it had been 42 years and the, you know, I still, you know, saw the law, the, just how devastated they were after the losing to the devils in the 95 finals and then everything with Colorado. So I think just finally, you know, getting, getting that cup, you know, bringing it home, um, what was remarkable. And also certainly, um, 2002, just, you know, remember they lost the first two games at home and you could just, even though everybody tried to play cool, uh, Kirk Malby, who said for the book, you know, they were, they were on the bus, uh, on the, from the airport to their hotel in Vancouver. And this, he said a bunch of fans had figured out which bus they were on and were like honking and people were waiting at the hotel. So I know that the pressure they felt, I mean, this was a dream team in hockey, right? And here it looks like, oh no, are they you know, going to be gone by the first round? So seeing, seeing that incredible team, and they really were uh, just an incredible, incredible team in 02. I mean, you know, I don't think there's ever been that degree of talent assembled at one time uh, uh, ever. Final thing, um, prospects obviously you know, still a couple years away for competing for a playoff spot. I like the direction he's headed. It's going to take a while. Uh, what do you What do you think as somebody who's covering this team? You know, I, I wrote this Sunday. I, I really think it's remarkable what Steve has done. In it's been eighteen months. You know, April nineteenth, twenty nineteen, he took over. Uh, half the te- half the guys he inherited that were NHL regulars at the time are gone. Um, you know, we're going to have to be patient with the prospects. It'll be three, four, five years before we fully see their impact. But I think just the little changes he made in free agency, he's all, you know, all but guaranteed this is going to be a more competitive team whenever their next season starts. So I think he's, you know, and I think buying out just a laptop, Peter, um, that was a bold decision because it does impact the cap for the next six years. So I think he's shown, you know, really he wants his guys on the team. And I think he has done much more than I think most people would have expected him to be able to do in such a short amount of time. Uh, the book, The Big 50, Detroit Red Wings, wherever um, you can buy books these days, online, in stores, if you're going to stores. Uh, Helena St. James is the author, the beat writer for the Free Press for the Red Wings. Thank you very much. Good luck with the book, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Anytime. 97 won the ticket. You can hear it in the empty theaters, in the empty stadiums. Hope is setting the stage for a comeback. When life's victories will be sweeter, we'll celebrate how far we've come and learn that all we did, we did for each other. Spread hope, not COVID. Michigan.gov slash coronavirus. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.